besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It is time to get straight to our feature interview. Thanks to Ryco Filters. Asking mechanic for Ryco Filters, the professional choice. We're headed to Winton, that part of the uh, that part of Victoria, and uh, well, we, we got to talk to royalty from that region. But before we do, let's give them our guest their proper intro. Nick Perkat grabs gears. He looks in the mirror, and what great success for Perkat at Sydney Motorsport Park. He wins our second. Sydney Super Sprint. Burkett to the top with a 12-2. Well done, Nick Burkett and everybody at Brad Jones Racing. And Burkett's on it again. A 12-1-7. Hazelwood's knocked him off. Hazelwood's done a 12-1-5. Brad Jones Racing front rolls the grid. Wow. Punch and counter punch. Oh, there's no more fun than when Mark Scaife gets on the limiter, isn't there, boys? But um, please welcome our guest this evening, the one and only Brad Jones. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, mate. Winton, like welcome. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we wheeled in the studio audience, as we do for all of our important guests. Um, mate, Winton, Winton, got to be good to be going there because that's kind of like your home track, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is funnily enough. Um, it, it, this time of year, though, it's pretty cold. Here. But um, it's. I, I watched the 2019 race last night, actually, and uh, if I had a dollar for every time I've been to Winton, um, I um, I'd probably be in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> it's warmer. <laughs> Hey, mate, so give us a bit of a, a snapshot of how you guys went testing. Um, confident going into the weekend? I know you cars have always been fast at Winton, so uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're on top of things there generally, but um, from what you guys did at Tail and Ben, you obviously struggled in qualifying initially, but, geez, what a super recovery that was for Nick in the first race. Yeah, I, look, Tail and Ben was just, you know, mistake with tyre pressures, really, and, and um, it's just embarrassing. I mean, to have a, our cars last four cars, I don't think I've ever experienced that. And um, I can I can remember uh, Chad came in the garage and goes, oh, it's a tough job, mate, but I've got to speak to someone. And I said, dude, I don't know who you're going to speak to, but I'll absolutely guarantee you that it's not me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but from that, obviously... Uh, you know, watching, I think, funnily enough, I sent Macca out on slicks and said to him, just, just don't do anything silly. I just want to know how wet it is. And so when, when I met him at the grid, he said, um, just a little bit too wet for slicks, I reckon. And I said, yeah, but that's okay. As long as you don't drop any more than three or four seconds off the back, <laughs> you know, by the time you get to lap five, uh, everyone will stop except you. And, um, and, you know, so we end up sending three of our cars. So, you know, I can I walk past Phil Keat. He'd sent pie around on slicks, and I said to him, "Are oh, you going to start on slicks, Phil?" And he goes, oh, "I don't think so. We're sort of in the middle of the pack." And I said, "No, we go okay." So, and anyway, the next day, obviously, we, you know, we had a good run, and I walked out and I said, "Didn't start on slicks." I said, "That's a bummer." I said, I was looking at you thinking you still got a bit of BJR in you somewhere, but obviously <laughs> just dropped out at the last minute. So <laughs> it was, um, but it was, you know, that, that was great. Last year, 
sorry, 2019, we also struggled a bit for qualifying at Winton, but our cars at the moment uh, got a really good turn of speed and are really, really gentle on their tyres, which probably explains why they're not qualifying that great. Yep. Um, so, so we can usually run long. So this being the super, super soft tyre, it will be interesting to see how that goes. I hope that helps us a little bit because you know, when you look at the data, the tyre doesn't look like it will get to half race distance before it ends up falling off going into stage two, you know, based on what the testing they did at, um, with the AAA car. So it's going to be a really, really interesting weekend. And, I mean, I think if we look at the results over the last couple of years within your team, you've got a pretty young team, fair to say, with Jack Smith and Macca's just coming in and Todd's just coming in. Um, Nick Perkett has been your lead driver there for a little while. KG How veteran, he... Nick Perkett. The veteran, veteran yes. the KG Wiley veteran <laughs> that is Nick Perkett. How's he growing into his role as a team leader within BJR? Um, I think he's doing a really great job. You know, we have a, a pretty good connection with Nick and it was a conscious decision to, to you know, make him the, the team leader and get some young guys around him. And yeah. um, I think he's really stood up. You know, he's, he's matured, um, he's balanced. You know, I think he's doing a, a great job for us in the car. And, um, you know, he's, when he turns it on, he's really quick and, and um, fits perfectly with, with our philosophy and, and um, with our group. So um, doing a really good job is our Nick. And he's, he's got passion, hasn't he? Because when it's not going right, when there seems to be a, a disconnect between either him and his engineer, he blows up Royal, doesn't he? Like he shows <laughs> I don't know. Emotion. I don't think he blows up as much as he used to. But, no, he well, doesn't he blow up as much as he used to. Yeah, is that is that is that influence from you, Brad? Saying pull your head in, mate. <laughs> uh, I'd love to take I'd love to take the credit <laughs> for that. Um, oh, look, it's just it's a whole heap of things, and, and him working. Like, no one likes to hear what their faults are. Pretty difficult to sit. And so when all this started, Nick joined the team. I'd sit him down and go, "These are problem areas for you, Nick." And and to his credit. He would take them on board, go away, work on it. And he continually works to make himself better at his craft. And it doesn't matter whether it's out of the car or in the car, whatever it needs, he's willing to look at and, and accept some criticism, which is a bit unusual for race car drivers, if I'm honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah. look, it, it's most, most of it comes down to him. He's the one who listens and, and doesn't always agree, but is is willing to to go away he's still got a you know flashpoint which has moved um uh, up the richter a little bit and um you know he, he and andrew edwards have got a great relationship they work pretty hard they're both very similar in lots of ways and um um you know it, it, what most people don't understand is when you're driving a race car steve will be able to tell you your filter doesn't always work so it's so difficult to do but usually when someone talks to you and says something that you don't agree with, you can give them a nice, comfortable response. But when you're absolutely something to the very maximum, your filter doesn't always work. And it's different for different people. So, you know, some people blow up and can't control themselves. And, and um, so they have to work on it really hard. And, and um, you know, like I said, to Nick's credit, he's done that. And I'm very happy with how he's yeah. come out the other side of it. Well, you know how you said that, I can relate to that, Brad. You, you do know <laughs> You're an idiot. Matthew McKellen <laughs> races cars too, right? You are a goose. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> 
but not a supercar. Well, just a Trans Am. But you should have seen you should have seen Matthew McKeldon's <laughs> flashpoint when you stuck his Trans Am in at turn two, where his big hoof got caught on the throttle and brake at the same time. Only at the start of the year, there was a big flashpoint there. Let me tell you. <laughs> Was it press press of the radio button? It's like, oh dear me! Was it that? <laughs> exactly what I did, and I radioed very calmly to my team to say that I took it all on the chin that I had made the mistake. I didn't blame it on anyone else. Didn't do any of that sort of stuff. Hey, unlike most race car drivers, true, Steve Johnson, uh, <laughs> Brad, like who... when your car runs out of petrol. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's exactly what it was. <laughs> who? No, and we're, we're only talking about this sort of stuff because it's fun and don't don't name necessarily any particular instances even though I reckon I know of one because I think you've told me confidentially what it was who's been the most fiery driver that's in your team who's really come in one day and just gone way too far or blown up so hard that you just had to put the arm around the shoulder and say don't do that again kid well, he's been a few, actually. <laughs> Nick, Nick would be one. And Fabian would be another one. Ding, ding, um, ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. That's what I remember. That um, was the second Murph, one. Murph, Murph, would be, Murph would be another one. Murph's up I've there. I've had a few. Mind you, I'm as guilty as anyone else. Like, I've come up and straightened them all up like Dad's army and, you know, <laughs> read them the right act. So, I, I, so I, I we, do remember you having a few blarps in your day, Bradley, when I was racing against you. Yeah, the odd one or two. I was yeah. pretty calm, though. I, I, love I, love I, can, <laughs> I can remember being at Bathurst and, and uh, I was driving with Gardner. We weren't really talking too much and they decided to set the roll centre a little higher than I wanted for the race and it was burning rear tyres off the car. And so as soon as the thing started going slow, I blew up. And it was the one time Tom Walkinshaw actually got an aeroplane and came to Australia. And so um, I, they said to me, you know, Eddie Hinkley, who's a Pommy engineer, said, go and get your gear on and get in the car. And I'm like, it's all right for you, blokes. You don't have to sit in that thing for 161 laps. And I stormed <laughs> off, got my helmet on, came back. And I said, okay, what are you going to do? Thinking they would go to a hard tyre. And, and they were all looking at their feet. And then... Um, the tire guy, who I think was Mort at the time, said, "We're gonna, we're gonna, um, what do you say they're gonna do? They're gonna let the rear tire pressure down two psi." And I just stood there and stared at him, and I went, "Which fill in the colourful adjective?" <laughs> thought that'd be a good idea, and Walkinshaw <laughs> went, "I laddie, that'd be me." Oh. And I looked straight at him and went, "Good call, Tom." <laughs> and then when they finished, I said but it's not going to work. We need to go to the medium tyre. I've done a pile of testing on these tyres. And he goes, worked at Le Mans. I said, a lot more downforce in a Jaguar than there is in a Comet. <laughs> anyway, yeah, exactly. needless to say, it wasn't any better. And um, we went to medium tyre at the next stop. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Hey, Brad, we've, we get text messages from our listeners around Australia listening to the show. And one has come in from Malcolm. A Malcolm, Malcolm O. Malcolm, <laughs> I wonder who that is. And it, and it reads... When you're over at Roland's for dinner, relaxing in his spa, does the topic of paddle shift for Gen 3 come up? And what's your view on that? The Gen uh, 3, not Roland in Speedos. Geez. You know what? I won't be able to sleep all night now thinking about that. Roland in Speedos. That's a really interesting thought right there. Um, I'm not sure how many people have been in that spa. But anyway... Um, 
Yeah, um, I don't like paddle shift. I think that there's a time and a place for it, which is yeah. in GT racing. You know, maybe we need electronic shift, but we need a stick. I think the theatre of the game with a stick shift and the anti-roll bars and the yeah. brake bias adjuster, they mm-hmm. should all be where they currently are. <clears throat> having having buttons on the dash um, doesn't do anything for me. And if you're going to do all that stuff, why would you bother having an in-car camera? Yeah. Well, so I'm no, against I, it. Well, yeah, Brad, I'm a, I agree totally. And and I think, you know, from your point of view, Brad, and, you know, I only hear a little bit, I mean, you know, Dad only gets told a little bit of stuff every now and then, <laughs> so he doesn't really know what's going on. But um, is is supercars... My dad was the same, Stevie. Yeah, thanks. You know yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, um, like, supercars, and you, you read everything, and I'm, I'm the same, Brad. I think, you know, the stick is just so synonymous to what we got here in Australia, um, and I think we still need it. But, you know, I think the, the poll's been out. It's like 85%... You know, yeah, no. no, you know, 15. And it's not even 15, yes. It's like five or eight maybe and, you know, whatever it is, the rest is yes. Basically, every driver, Nick's, Nick's actually been one of them, really outspoken Very about vocal. it. Very yeah. um, vocal, do, do, Will Do supercars listen to all this sort of stuff, uh, Brad, and will they take that into consideration or is it just they're going to make the decision wholly and solely and that's it? I'm um, Roland's position. <laughs> Um, so no, I, I think I think they do listen. Um, you know, they, they they're always nervous about it, but they have a fan council. The fan council. I don't think one person thought wow. it was a good idea. So so um, you know, but we have a, a Gen three committee, um, and yep. we talk about it a bit. So I, I think I hope they listen, and and certainly from my side of this, I really feel like um, you know I'm I feel like I'm fighting pretty hard for it. If if Shane's the only guy that adjusts those rear roll bars and the brake bias adjuster between corners like he does in Tasmania, and he's the only guy I get to see do that in a race, which I know isn't true, but let's just pretend it is, then that's enough for me to say, hey, we need to keep those things in the car because yeah. it really adds to the game. It's, it's a spectacle. And so, um, you know, look, I'm a little out on the electronic shift because I get that it's going to be easier on components. But if you would, if you can't double shift down like Timmy Slade did at Bathurst and other people have done in other years, then you're not going to make mistakes. And part of what we do is making mistakes. Agreed. So, so you know, I, I sort of lean pretty heavily that way. But you know, uh, not everyone does, and and it's all for different reasons. But our cars are meant to be hard to drive. You know, it's mm. like pulling horsepower out of them. I'm not a big fan of doing that either. You know, when you can buy a road car with 500 horsepower, like our things, if you go to the States and watch NASCAR and Xfinity, the NASCAR's just got more horsepower and it's harder to drive. But that's what we have. And that's what they should be. They should be hard to drive. They're, the, you know, arguably the 20 best touring car drivers in the world, definitely the best touring car championship. And, and that's all about how difficult and, and competitive we all are amongst each other and how difficult they are to drive, I think. So, Brad, I know you've probably uh, – there's limits on what you can and can't say about Gen 3, but, you know, there's a decision you're going to have to be making at some point in time to actually start building these cars and, you know, getting them ready for round one 2022. What's the sort of status at BJR right now? Can you can you mention, like, 
whether the process has started for Gen 3. Has any information come down to you or are you just, you know what, we'll deal with that a little bit later on? Um, if we were playing a game of footy, we'd probably be half full on the fence. So <laughs> I think that um, we've got a bit of information, but it's, it's, it's going to be a pretty tight timeline. So we've ordered our chassis from CEPI and, and normally we build all that, but we've decided to actually go and, um, and, and buy a couple of chassis to speed the process up a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting. The cars look really cool. You've seen them. Um, in, yeah, the, in yeah. the renders that they've done. So, look, that, that side of it's really exciting, but we need to make sure that it can all happen on time and, and there's a lot of work to be done. There's no doubt about that. So, oh, Sorry, Steve, did I interrupt you? No, no. No, sorry, mate. I, so let's, let's forget about all of that right now. There's two things that are very heavy on everyone's mind at the moment in Victoria, and that is COVID and and what supercars is going to look like this weekend what's what's the latest update as as far as you know right now uh well i mean i'm actually just sitting here watching the the um sky news um and looking at the tab running across the bottom to try and work out what's going on but i mean I, it's going to be up to the state government um i feel like um i'd be steering clear of greater melbourne I think that they'll, I hope, or how roll is there'll be a few more restrictions. Regional Victoria will be fine. Um, they'll probably, um, you know, have to wear masks in, in, um, on the grid. Um, I don't know what they'll do with behind the pits, but right now it looks like it's going to go ahead. And I think that's, you know, that's good. I don't think it's irresponsible. Some people talking about, you know, where we sit, but the truth is motorsport happens in a paddock. And so if you respect all the things you're meant to do, then, then I think, you know, we should be okay. There's 6 million people in Victoria. Yeah. I, look, I agree. And we're, when we're, we're putting people in football ovals and all of that kind of stuff, I think we can, we can do it out in the paddock. Um, just before we go, we let you go. Cause I know you've got a very heavy week ahead of you. Uh, Tom from Hobart, one of our regular listens, listeners, he's just texted in and said, so if drivers, team owners and fans don't like paddle shift, why do it? Um, Brad, well, why do of- it? We're heading back towards the guy with the hot tub, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they may be fighting words right there. Well, I haven't um, said that. No, when you when you think you, about you, that, it's sorry about it. I was gonna say, as, as you're thinking about that, there's, there's obviously there's obviously some advantage for his side of things, in in my view, well, for him to ha- for him to really push so hard for it. Yeah, I mean, look, he he feels that it's important that Europeans can come here and drive these cars. And so, so and I get that 100% because back in the day, um, you, you know, Europeans used to come when we had Sierras and stuff here. They came here and they used to race against us. And, and that was part of us proving that we were as good as anyone in the world. They'd all turn up with their cars and we'd give them a good run for their money and more times than not beat them. So, so he comes from, uh, Roland comes from over there. And so for him, it's it's um, you know it's something that he feels is makes the great race great. So I totally get it, and and not only that, it gives the ability for the um, uh, the car to to not suffer from over revs. It's going to save the team's money. There's some really valid reasons why we would do it, but there's also some some 
you know, pretty solid reasons why we wouldn't. So um, it's just a matter of either working out a compromise or going totally one way. You know, we, we can run a stick shift with an electronic shift button on it. That's no problem at all. And we still see all the things we see. The only, the only downside of that is you won't miss shift. But, yeah. um, you know, it's not like it's just I want for a particular reason. There's, there's, there's good reasons behind both sides. But, but honestly, I feel if you come to Australia and you want to drive one of our cars, you need to learn how to use a, a gear stick. Yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when you look back, Brad, what you were saying before, that the the past internationals that have come out, you know, you've had plenty in your team. John Clellan comes to someone with, with uh, one mm-hmm. there back with your cars and the Aussie Mail livery. I mean, you know, but having said that, they were H-Pat and stick shift back then. So, and they still yeah. came out and were able to do it. I think, you know, in the end, if you're a professional race driver and you're that good, you should be able to come out Agree. and pull a sequential shift, which is still nothing, yep. not even anywhere near or remotely as hard as doing it back when, you know, I'm talking about now, it's back in my day, mm. with the H-pattern. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's, you don't even have to think about it at the moment, Brad. Totally yeah. yeah, if you can't, if no, you can't no, do it, you shouldn't totally be in our cars. Like, they got shift cuts on. Yes, you can over-rev them on the downshift and accidentally pluck two gears down quickly like Timmy Slade did. But Good. That's the way it is. But, you know, when we were had the H pattern, you could you could go from, you know, fourth to fifth and hit third accidentally and over rev it and then get passed by five cars as well. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I just, I yeah. can't see it. I, I understand the cost and all that sort of stuff, mate. Um, but, you know, I'm on your side with that. I think it should be a stick and you should make mistakes and they should cost you positions in a race. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it, that's one of the things that makes Bathurst Bathurst, right? You go up there and you can be brave, but you need to be skilled because if you make a mistake, you're going to hit a wall where you can go to another circuit like Queensland Aceway and you can make all the mistakes in the world and you just go through a gravel trap. And, and so you become very respectful of that circuit, but it really sorts men out from the boys. And, and it's just part of racing, right? So you need all these things going on in the car. I mean, there's more to driving on these cars fast than just a stick shift. They're just hard cars to drive fast and everyone who competes regularly in supercars, is very, very good. Well, you should come, Brad, you should come and drive the XD and TCM, mate. Four-speed, H-pattern, you'd be super <laughs> in that thing. Yeah, I'd be super. <laughs> super. <laughs> Great vote of confidence there. <laughs> I, had a, I, I, I had a bloke come up to me in race. I tell him, Ben, he goes, uh, Jonesy. When are you gonna when are you gonna have a drive? I said, in a minute, we're heading off to the airport. <laughs> I said, when, when are you gonna race again? I went, I don't know, never. Dude, have a, have a look at me. I'm old and fat. I've got no chance. You should have seen me twenty five years ago, I was on fire, but no chance now, mate. Stevie <laughs> J and I are nice. old and fat and we're still racing. Yeah, and the funny thing was with that, yeah, good on you. And the funny thing was too, just recently obviously you saw that that obviously that uh, fast deli um, uh, story come out about Russell Ingle saying, "Oh, yep. you know, he's only obviously promoting his his cause. boss's mm-hmm. cause." You know, mm-hmm. um, saying, "Oh, you know, if, if if they go to paddle shift, I might look at coming out of retirement, making a comeback." And then it was actually quite funny. That uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've actually seen that, Brad, and read the comments. If you read down about five comments, you'll see one Dick Johnson's written, "Yeah, mate, me too." <laughs> 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 it's funny. We were talking about it at work. I went, he's obviously forgotten that 
he didn't have a choice when he left, and it had nothing to do with the gear stick. <laughs> <laughs> Jones with a drive-by. How good. <laughs> my, my God. What has that got to do with him coming back? I mean, whether it's got a stick shift or a paddle shift, probably the least of his problems. Honestly, he'll get out of that thing at the end of the first practice session and get passed by some kid and go, like, who who was that kid? And, man, he's fast. I remember when Brock did it, he got out of the car. He was white as a ghost. He could not believe how fast everyone was. I went up to him, because obviously we used to knock around together, me and him and Crompton. I went to him, hey, how's it going, Brock? You look like you're enjoying yourself out there. Man, he's just not seen the funny side of it all. And, and it'll be, be the same same for Russell. He'll be going, oh, my God, what was I thinking? He'll, he'll get out of the car the same colour that, that his car is. He'll be bright red, <laughs> out of breath, oh, yeah. and he'll be going, yeah. what have I decided to do this for? Invoice. Money. Yeah. Yes, what else exactly. does Why else yeah. does Russell do anything? It'll be money, and then he can put all the stickers all over his helmet and get a you know cheap kitchen. A new Pioneer a TV. Yeah, yeah, a boat or a Pioneer TV. I think TV the last thing he's going to have to worry about is whether the Gen 3 cars battleship or not. I don't going to be much on the radar at all. I tell you, it's definitely not what he'll be thinking about when he gets out of it at the end of the month. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We're going to play this back after the Bathurst 1000. Yeah. So remember what Jonesy said? Here, here you go. There you yeah, go. Have a look at that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> hey, Brad, while, while we're talking about Bathurst, uh, let, let's um, steer it back on track for a little bit because looking at the your driver lineup heading into Bathurst, there's some pretty solid names there yes. teaming up with uh, your, with your, your primary drivers. Dale Wood uh, teaming up with Nick Perker, Dean Fiore teaming up with uh, Todd Hazelwood, Chris Pither, a uh, good friend of the show, teaming up with Macca, and uh, Ash Walsh returning to the fold to team up with Jack Smith. Uh, when you were sort of pairing everyone up, um, what were, were you sort of thinking like, you know, let's develop these young guys, or were you actually thinking, because like some of these combos, they are very much winning combos. Well, I, I really felt um, I went after Woody. He drove for this long time, and he, he tops a lot of flack, which I think is unjust at this point in his career. He's really fast about it. He was he was a top five co-driver last year, and and so we targeted him and went after him pretty quickly. And um, he always had a great relationship at our place, and was was pretty keen to come back. So that was uh, that was a box ticked pretty quickly. Um, Dean, uh, um, when I found out Dean was available. Um, you know, he's about the right size and, and he's one of those guys who's been around for a long time but gets in the car and is really doing a good job. So tick that box with Todd. Um, with Chris, you know, obviously he was in the main game last year and, um, you know, he and Macker, he's been with us as well through through Super 2. So, you know, that was that was a good fit. And, of course, Ash is almost part of the furniture at home. You know, he's yeah. done an amazing job from us from time to time. Um, certainly Bathurst, um, he is very strong. So I just felt that, you know, we have a nice nice balance of experience and and um, um, which is probably more what I was going for in the co-drivers this year. It's it's just a sprint race right from the start. And so you need someone that you can bring the car to either start the race or get that, you know, carry. You look, look at how Slady struggled this year and he's only been out of it for six months. So you really got to get the guy in. He's got to be on point, do as many laps as you can and, and get the balance done and get your driver in and then, you know, go home flat out for the last 60 laps. Hey, Brad, I, I, I'm i sort of hearing there's a couple of drivers up and down pit lane, the jungle drums, 
are starting to beat towards 2022 and their seats and availabilities. And one driver that's just crossed my radar a couple of times about maybe not being locked into a drive for next year and potentially being uh, on the market is Todd Hazelwood. Um, Do you see his future at your team? Because one of the, and conspiracy theories come around from all types and all corners, but one of the things I'm hearing is that uh, Chris Pither, who is connected to the Coca-Cola money that Macaulay has this year, that if Todd does vacate the team next year, it could be a two-car Coca-Cola team with Chris Pither and Macaulay Jones at the expense of Todd Hazelwood. Yeah, look, uh, you know, uh, we put two years into Todd and, and um, uh, you know, his deal is up at the end of the year, um, as is, you know, pretty much every everyone in the team, really, to be honest. Uh, I don't know that Macca's got anywhere to go. He suffers from the same disease that Stevie had. But, <laughs> yeah. so stuck I, well, overeating doesn't look like it. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Maybe a slightly different disease, but, you know, it's a family connection. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's probably the opposite disease, right? Um, yes, so, yes. so he's. Um, um, but I, I feel like Todd, you know, pole position last year, results are a bit up and down. Um, but as I said, we've we've they were all out at the end of the year. So I put two years into it. I would hate to think that I wasted that, but we'll just wait and see. You know, it's something that I start to look at probably around July, August. Um, so we've got a bit more racing to do before we get to any of that sort of stuff. Very diplomatic answer there. I could see someone didn't want to... I could almost see the wheels turning in Brad's head going, I don't want this to end up on Speed Cafe. So, Nice flat bat there. You throw the ball at me and it's like dunk. Oh, it's at his feet. That was a little high, wasn't it? It was right above the shoulders. Blocked it dead straight at the feet. Here he goes. No, but uh, but Brad, uh, you've given us a, a good chug of your time, mate, and uh, we thank you for joining us on the driver's seat. Uh, hopefully all four cars are up the front uh, at Winton this weekend. And uh, thanks for joining us once again on the driver's seat. Oh, thanks, guys. It's always great. I've had a great time. Thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, Brad. Good luck, mate. Brad Jones uh, joining us here on the driver's seat. Jeez, Maddie, that's a hell of a grenade you lot, mate. Oh, no. Maddie. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, hey, I'm embarrassed. No, we're I'm not. not. <laughs> no, you're not. We're, we're not here just to make up the numbers and have a yeah, gag. Ask the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, occasionally you've got to ask questions. And I'm hearing Jack LeBrock. I'm hearing Todd Hazelwood. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in Super 2 who are coming through. And when you've got a driver say, not Super 2-wise. Hey, I'm hearing Jamie Winkup's out at the end of the year. Oh, well, apparently Oh, jeez, so. what yeah. good mail there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie scoop on the, uh, on the typewriter. Um, when you've got someone like Chris Pither, who's a former Super 2 champion and comes with potentially a boatload of money, uh, that's a threat to a bunch of guys who aren't performing right now. And, and I don't think Todd necessarily has had a great year nor a, a great last year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the Jungle Drums, they are a beaten there you go. Hopefully, uh, Todd Hazelwood isn't listening to this and uh, <laughs> making any big purchases. He would know. He would know, Nimsy. He would know. Uh, but uh, uh, Brad Jones there was our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. You're listening to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. 
chicken and maccas together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.